You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Actress Denise Nicholas was 19 in 1964 when she left home here in Michigan to join the Free Southern Theater in Mississippi and Louisiana. That was Freedom Summer, when voter registration volunteers were beaten, black homes were burned and bombed, and four civil rights workers were killed in Neshoba County, Mississippi. Nicholas joined the theater group to edit plays and to help use literary arts to start a dialogue among Southern African Americans about the struggle for freedom. Soon, though, she was on stage playing critical roles in poignant stories about civil rights. Her career since then has been around stage, television, the big screen, and then a turn toward writing, always focused on pushing the message of equality and justice. Nicholas will be honored during the annual Women's History Month Leadership in Action Awards charity tonight at the Rooster Tail Waterfront Entertainment Complex here in Detroit, Michigan. She joins us now to talk about her career and the power of words and ideas to influence change. Denise Nicholas, welcome Thank to you. Detroit Today. Thank it's great you. to see you. Great to be back home. Yeah. Well, let's let's start there. Let's start in 1964. Uh, you were a student at the University of Michigan. You're 19 years old, and you decide that what you want to do is go south to be part of the Free Southern Theater. Uh, give us an idea of what was in your mind at that point and I want to know what your parents thought about that decision. Well, <laughs> it wasn't a good day. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> so, well, you know, there was a lot um, a lot of activity on campus at University of Michigan uh-huh. at that time. Yes. And a lot of civil rights movement people were coming to campus to talk <clears throat> about what was going on in the South and also to convince uh, other students to join this, mm-hmm. the Free Southern, the, uh, to join the civil rights movement. And so <clears throat> I was affected by those speakers, mm-hmm. uh, as were quite a few other people on campus. Yeah. So I thought, well, how can I do this? How can I, how can I involve myself in a way that doesn't scare me half to death, <laughs> but <it> also <laughs> is kind of in the direction of the arts? Yeah. And that's when I found the Free Southern Theater. So I joined the Free Southern Theater which was a part of SNCC, really. Right, right. So I went to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I was there for two years. The theater moved to New Orleans eventually, and uh, we toured all over Mississippi and some places in Louisiana. Uh, it was an incredible, incredible two years that I wouldn't change for anything, yeah. including the bomb that exploded <laughs> on the stage in Macomb. I was going to say, I mean, this was you, you say that, that you were looking for a way to participate in this and, and maybe be safe, but... That, that there was no guarantee of that if you were doing anything. There was no safety anywhere in Mississippi yeah. at that time. There really wasn't. I think um, our experiences were, they were so riveting and so profound that you, you carried the fear with you and you just dealt with it on a daily basis. Um, for uh, one night in Ruleville, Mississippi, I stayed in Fannie Lou Hamer's home when we're, the theater tour to mm-hmm. Ruleville. And I had, we had to sleep on the floor because they were a clan was shooting through shooting into the house. into the house, and that happened a lot. You know that happened a lot in um, Holmes County. We got there to perform, and the community center had been burned down. So they were in the process of building a new community center. So we performed in a half-built community center 
mm. and all the, I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. It, as hard as it was, seeing uh, the awakening and, and the will of the people to make a change, just like these students now out on the streets mm -hmm, mm -hmm. demonstrating against all this gun violence. It's the same energy. It's the same. I'm so heartened <laughs> by these kids. I'm like, they're on TV and I'm just, yes, just keep going, keep going, don't stop. Wow, wow. So, so, so what did your parents say when you said, hey, I'm going to leave school and I'm going to go be part of this movement in the South and I don't know what will happen to me? Uh, no. What was their reaction? My mother was terrified. She didn't talk to me for a couple of years. She talked to me when I got to New York two years later. <laughs> so my dad was more philosophical about it because he was a race man. I mean, he's a Detroit person, and he was a person who was in the race ride in Detroit in the 19, was it 42 or 43? 43, yeah, 43 yeah. He had stories to tell. So he was afraid for me, but he understood. He absolutely understood. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm intrigued by your uh, sort of instant identification with the kids who are protesting now, and that's a great that's a great sort of way to talk about the differences between what happened in the '60s, what's happening now, and the similarities. I, I'm always really interested in hearing people who were around for what happened in the '60s talk mm -hmm. about what they see uh, today, not just with uh, kids in gun violence. Black Lives Matter is yes. another, I think, yeah. echo of 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 that time. Do you feel? Uh, do you feel sometimes like we're going back to the '60s here in America? Yes, <laughs> actually, I think we're going back to the '30s. <laughs> to the '30s, <laughs> even further. I don't think worse, we're going right? to the '60s. Yeah, yeah, I think we're we're definitely in a retrograde kind of frame of mind in this country, and uh -huh. it's it's frightening to me because all the work or most of the work that's been done to create at least the hope that we could reach uh, a better place mm -hmm. um, seems to be just pilfering away. Yeah. Uh, and so these kids coming now at this point, especially during this particular administration, that's what gives me hope. And it's not that the other organizations over the last three years have not, but the timing is what is so uh, powerful to sure. me? It's the timing, it's the shootings in Parkland, and the way these and the way they talk about it, the way they speak about it. It reminds me of the Stokely Carmichael's and the other leaders of the civil rights movement mm. who spoke so brilliantly about what was going on in the South and what we had to gain and what we had to lose if we kept sitting down and not standing up. Yeah. So these kids are standing up and they're doing it with so much. So much surety, so much strength. It's like, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you this? Right. I mean, these are high school kids. And remember, most of the civil rights movement kids were college kids. Right. These are they high school older. kids. Right. Yeah. And they're talking like they're like university kids. I'm listening to these kids. I'm going, where, who, who are you get your, that, right? Where, who are your teachers? <laughs> who are your parents? Yeah. They're just be they're beautiful. They are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Denise Nicholas, an actress and social activist. Uh, she is back in town to be honored during the annual Women's History Month Leadership in Action Awards charity. That's tonight at the Rooster Tail Waterfront Entertainment Complex right here in Detroit, Michigan. We are talking about her career and the power of words and ideas to influence 
change, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number is always on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. Or if you go to Twitter, you can hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, I, I want to talk about uh, a little about the Free Southern Theater and the concept behind it, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. Uh, this 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 uh, notion of helping African Americans in the South uh, sort of start a conversation w- amongst themselves mm-hmm. about what was going on. Uh, you know, as somebody uh, who, uh, of course, appreciates writing. And, and words and ideas and debate and discussion. I think it's a part of the civil rights movement that we don't hear nearly as much about, but was just as important as marching or sitting in or registering people to vote. The idea of, uh, of uh, conversation, the idea mm-hmm. of uh, debate about these things through theater, uh, tell me where that came from and what that was like. Well, it, the original concept came from Gilbert Moses mm-hmm. and John O'Neill, mm-hmm. who were the founders. And Gil had studied, <clears throat> excuse me, in France um, with a theater called, uh, a theater run by Jean Villard, and it was a touring theater in France. And that's where he got the concept. Mm-hmm. He'd worked with him uh, in France, came back, Gil went to Oberlin. Uh, so he wanted to be in the civil rights movement himself, and so this was his way. Because uh, he was a theater person, yeah. Uh, so we he set it up. He and John, and they asked for volunteers or people who could work for you know two cents a week, and we all came running. <laughs> so yeah, I'll do that. No, yeah, no problem, sure, right? sure. <laughs> <laughs> not, not thoughtful about retirement at all. Just kind of, right. oh yeah, right. I'm just gonna go do this. Don't do this. So, so yeah, that was the idea, and and it was. Um, let me give you an example. We did a play. We did. Things that were kind of pointedly aimed at what was going on. Mm-hmm. For example, at that time, In White America by Martin Duberman was what, the first play that we did. But later we started doing more exper- experimental things and we did Waiting for Godot. Well, mm-hmm. that was, everybody's like, what is that? <laughs> right. Who is going to know what that is and what does it have to do with anything black? Well, we didn't know, but we tried it. So we got, again, this is Ruleville. Fannie Lou Hamer was set to uh, lead the discussion after the performance. And people were dumbfounded. In fact, I was dumbfounded. And I was working backstage on that one because there were no women in it. And so Mrs. Hamer stood up to lead the discussion. People were sitting there and they're kind of looking perplexed. And she said, mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting for Godot. Well... We know something about waiting, don't you? Everybody woke up. It was <laughs> right? like it was right. a moment. Here's the connection. Here's the connection. Right. Here's the connection. So we we fostered that kind of discussion, and that opened the discussion, and people had questions. Uh, Gogo and Didi and the tree and the rope, the slave people had, they had absorbed it, the visual, even if, the words weren't there to right. really discuss it, but it started to come. And wow. that's what happened almost after every single performance. Wow. Wow. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Denise Nicholas. We will talk about her authorship, and we'll talk about modern activism. And, of course, we will take your calls. Lots of people waking, waiting to discuss things with Denise Nicholas. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is actress and social activist Denise Nicholas. She is in town to be honored during the Career Mastered Women's History Month Leadership in Action Awards charity tonight at the Rooster Tail Waterfront Entertainment Complex right here in Detroit, Michigan. We are talking about her career and we're talking about the power of words and ideas to influence change. Uh, Denise, I'm going to talk about your your later career after after going uh, south and then to New York, becoming an actress. Uh, you decided at some point that uh, you wanted to be an author. Yes. Uh, so you walked away and wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that simple. Yeah, right? Yeah, that make it sound result. like yeah. whatever. <laughs> right. Just uh-huh. go write a book. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read about the process that you went through to 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 write your first uh, your first book and it, it it's really remarkable. I mean, uh, it's remarkable in the sense that I think it portrays again the struggle uh, to 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 do something that's art but also extremely socially relevant and the story you tell is very much uh, sort of a reflection of the things that you had experienced up to that point yes that's true I don't think I think I think um, from my experiences at University of Michigan and particularly my experiences in the south it created for me an eternal context and the context for me as a black woman in America is always going to be based in struggle because mm-hmm. we are we're so far from the finish line. So I don't think I could um, comfortably <clears throat> write um, without including that context yeah. because it shapes everything that I see and feel. Um, it, I never let it go. I never let Mississippi go. Yeah. Really, yeah. I can't because it's like a it's like a branding. And I knew uh, pretty early on that that experience would probably shape something about me for the rest of my life. That's yeah. how powerful it That's was. That's very powerful imagery as well, that it's like a, a branding. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and, and you continue to write. You have uh, a new play. Yes. Uh, is, this uh, is my last civil rights <laughs> movement. <laughs> Your last. People are saying, will you get off the civil rights movement, Denise? Will you move on? Well, and I'm saying, move on to what? I was going to say, it's it's more relevant now, it seems, exactly. given what's going on. I mean, exactly. these are not old stories. No. They're new again. No. In fact, there are some people who are optioning Freshwater Road, my novel, for film, who say now to them the book is more relevant today than when it was first published in wow. 2005 and six. Wow. So that's great. But the play is called Letters from Freedom Summer. Uh, Ricardo Kahn is the lead person on that project, and he brought me in after reading Freshwater Road. Mm -hmm. He wanted to adapt it to the stage. I said, no, let's do something 
fresh. So <laughs> let's start from scratch and, and do uh, a new piece, which we have done. And it opens at University of Missouri, Kansas City, the first week of May. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's take some calls. Lots of people here uh, want to speak with you about uh, your career. Uh, Susan in Detroit, you're up first. Welcome to Detroit Today. You there, Susan? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm here. Go ahead. Um, absolutely. I'll just turn off my speakerphone. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I was just um, mentioning the fact that when I grew up, you know, as a child and certainly in high school, I spent my, I had idyllic days. I spent riding horses and playing golf and, you know, what was going on, you know, in the broader situation was not known to me. And I think that, you know, maybe you need to be sheltered a bit. Maybe you need to be a child. Like maybe you need that opportunity to grow up without without this burden hmm. on top of you, you know? Wow. Uh, Susan, I mean, I think we would all love for our kids to be able to do that, and we would love to have been able to do that ourselves. I think uh, history uh, and the history of this country in particular has really made that difficult uh, particularly for people uh, of, of African descent who have lived here uh, under a pretty trying circumstances for for 400 years. But but I, I think I completely identify with what you're saying there, Susan. And I think the students at Parkland have said exactly that. Yeah. We should not have to do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We should be able to enjoy our childhood, our high school years, and we cannot because this was not taken care of by our elders. Yes, so yes. it's a failure it's, it's of adults. It's precisely the same. That, yeah. The same, same thing. This was not taken care of, so we have to step up and try to fix and it. And do it, yeah. yeah. Let's go to uh, Aaron. Aaron in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, being a child of the 60s myself and and uh, uh, a fan of the guests, I, I heard her make a statement about we're not going back to the 60s, we're going back to the 30s, so I wanted to kind of like uh, <laughs> ask her to expound on uh, even with all of the so-called post-racial atmosphere that we're in, having had the uh, different uh, uh, in- integration uh, strides that we've made, uh, right? Us what what is suffered, it? Yeah. Us having suffered through certain uh, certain things with the '60s and the, all of that, we we know that things don't seem to have changed that much. They just have a different sort of like costume on. Mm-hmm. So. Does the guest believe that that uh, 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 and unfortunately the students are always uh, and young people are always mm-hmm. the ones who force change in mm-hmm. any society. So does the guest believe that uh, we're headed in the right direction, or do we need to uh, uh, to draw a line in the sand again and yeah. Aaron, take our stance? Aaron, great great question. Uh, we've got about two minutes left, but uh, I want to <laughs> I want to have you talk. What do you mean when you say we're going back to the 30s? Well, actually, I was being facetious. I think we're going back to the 1800s. <laughs> right, that's so, even worse, right? Right. I mean, I, I don't want to discount progress where there's been real progress. Um, but there are so many pockets of no progress at all, and that's my concern. There are still far too many black men who are treated like we're still in slavery time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy the way black men are treated in this society. Black women are not treated 
so much better, but there is a little bit of a difference, as there always has been. Uh, at least that's my reading of history. So I think um, you can keep oh, you can keep a handle on the good things that are with us. You can you can hold on to those things as a as almost a medallion of hope. Mm-hmm. But you cannot close your eyes to the things that have not changed or that have regressed. And that's my point. We have to continue to be vigilant about those areas where we still need to work hard to change yeah. for the better. Uh, you know, when I was uh, this, uh, mm-hmm. just over the last couple of days, I was thinking about these bombings that are happening in Texas, at, uh, in, in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people just uh, going out, finding packages on their on their uh, the, their front stairs, and you know, it blowing up. That does remind me, and I was not alive for for the '60s, but it does remind me of the things I've read about that time, the volatility uh, of that time. And I I, I mean, I I absolutely hear what you're saying going back further, but the 60s seem to be revisiting us in some some of the awfulness, I guess. Yes, I think so. I think it's unleashed. um, I think the demons have been unleashed probably mostly by the current administration. I don't want to give it all there, but um, certainly there's a responsibility to bear. Um, for example, I, as a fairly liberated woman, um, feel a certain a certain nervousness about certain, going into certain situations that I never felt nervous about yeah. um, previous to last year. And it's because I don't want to be confronted by the insanity that I see rising up in this country yeah. because I don't I'm not a fighter. I can't beat somebody up, you know, and I don't want to be beaten up and I don't want to be spoken to right. in a way that's uh, that's dismissive right. and, and right. angry and, and negative. Yeah. So and I know if I'm feeling that other people are feeling it as sure. well. Yeah, a lot of people are. All right. Denise Nicholas, actress and social activist, uh, be honored today. Uh, during the Career Mastered Annual Women's History Month Leadership in Action Awards charity at the Rooster Tail. Thanks very much for being here Thank on you. Detroit Today. Thanks. It's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.